You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome back to the Roast Battle Podcast, the podcast that lets two comedians find very creative ways to insult each other. This week, however, there will be no roast battles. There will be no insults. We aren't even going to go out of our way to be particularly funny. We are going to take an in-depth look at a very special friend and multiple season judge of the Roast Battle Show by the name of Sarah Silverman. You see, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and many of our brothers and sisters in comedy have fought long, personal battles on the subject. Let me rewind a little bit to set this episode up. See, almost about a year ago, we began creating the Roast Battle podcast on Comedy Central. We were also filming Roast Battle, the TV show, season three, at the same time. Sarah had a very hectic schedule at the time. She was working and promoting her new TV show, I Love You America, on Hulu. She also happens to be a friend of the show and a personal supporter of Brian Moses. We had no idea what direction the podcast was going to go, so we just turned on a recorder and started talking. Sarah was phenomenal. She let me, Moses, and Pat enter her home, offered us drinks, even gave me a pair of AirPods that she had no use for. And although I'm a Samson guy, the Negro in me could not refuse the offer. She is a warm, welcoming, and kind spirit through and through. All four of us had an incredible conversation and shared and discussed a great many things. But because we were in the infancy of the podcast and keeping the podcast relevant to the TV show air dates, this treasure of an interview never saw the light of day. As the creative force of the podcast, I tried several ways to release the audio, but never felt comfortable mixing the things she touched on with roast battle jokes that were unrelated. She was so amazing, so open, and so vulnerable that respecting her became my priority. So I feel the best way to share this audio and show respect to Sarah's vulnerability is just to play the audio. No dumbass jokes, no wisecracking, just an honest and real conversation amongst grown-ups. So here is a very personal and intimate trip with Sarah Silverman recorded at her home discussing life as she sees it. Hey, everybody. This is that podcast where we talk about the Rose Battle. We really get in deep. We're in depth. The Rose Battle is every Tuesday at the Comedy Store. I'm here with Coach once again. What's going on, Mr. Moses? How you doing? It's good to see you. How's your day been? Oh, very busy, man. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. happening? You know, just trying to survive. Out here fighting <laughs> haters. It's all good. I understand. Uh, your boy's about to start a, uh, a, a space uh, military force? Space? Who's my boy? Uh, Donald Trump. Come on, don't President. don't connect me with that guy. <laughs> Come on, this is a setup, man. Yeah, but there's going to be another military branch now, and they—it's uh, not even associated with NASA. It is just a force to fight out outside of Earth's atmosphere wars. Wait, is that true? That's real. Is that from today? The voice you're hearing is uh, the incomparable Sarah Silverman, sensei, lover, comedian, politician, mother. <laughs> Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. I worked yeah. on it really hard. It is, man. And I'm here too. Oh yeah. And Who's this? Who's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pat, where's your water? Uh it's it's on the floor. Your dog is viciously attempting to make out with me. Oh, she got me. She got in there. <laughs> yeah, she gets in there. Hey girl, okay. Coach, you didn't hey. respond to any drink offers and I made I at least seventeen. I wasn't trying to waste your time. I wanted to get all of this stuff set up this Right. Oh. I'm just very respectful for you uh You're responsible, us an you're talented, you're respectful. Oh, you're gonna you're... make me blush. It's hard because I'm so dark. <laughs> Blood in the face. You ever see that documentary? 
Oh my God, Brian, you would love it so much because you love racists. I love racists. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's true, very yeah. much like anti, uh, like um, Jews love anti-Semites too. Really? It's like, really? Well, just anything that you can point to that's no longer a gas in the air that no one believes you. Yeah, hey, don't talk about anti-Semites and gas. Come on. I know, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can point to it and say, this is real, not just like the microaggressions that uh, you feel. And, you, exactly and when you point about. out, it's like, a, it's like in a couple when someone goes, you know, you'd say your boyfriend goes like, yeah, that was good. And then you go, hey, why'd you say that? And he goes, what? I said it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's comfort food, really. That's it's why like I that. Racism. I know what you're talking about. Like, I prefer a southern racist than a northern racist. I get it. Yeah, it's very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> this is early. We we don't want to set uh. Sarah up at all before we get into all this heavy stuff. Can we? Like, I mean, ease yeah, in? we we can. I mean, this can is why it's an edited in? podcast. Yeah, uh, but still, also Sarah does know Kanye West. Just if we want to get into that story. I mean, we're not on the, a daily chat or anything. I mean, he's. I've had encounters with him. He's he has called me, oh, but not since Trump has been in office. Because oh. he's a fan, right? Or is this just he likes comedy? I don't, I don't think he's a fan of Trump. <laughs> he likes comedy. I don't think he really likes Trump. She was saying that he's a fan of her. Oh, I thought right, you, Kanye West. No, is a, he's a fan of comedy. Oh, okay. he's a comedy, comedy. fan. Oh. he was. That's he he liked my old show, so that I would hear from him. Which, which one? The Sarah Silverman program. I watched every episode. Is so that much. true? It's so Very true. Well so true. And the reason why I did, because I started a long time ago listening to Adam Carolla's podcast. And Adam Carolla speaks very highly of you, very nice, in a very personal way that makes you want to do some more research. And when it was on the air, I never got into it. But then I went back and I Netflixed every single thing. And I was like, this has got a, a very interesting formula of comedy to it. Like, I was very, I, I got every episode, and that's a lot. That's amazing. I have yeah. so many questions for you, actually. Oh, get into them. It was a while ago. But I also saw that, and I saw that movie where you were a crackhead. That touched close to home. because I can't really, believe you watched that. That's heavy. Oh, not only did I watch that, me and my wife watched that, and I, we just, we stopped for a second. So. I smiled back? That's the one where you were doing all that crack, right? Yeah, you, all you, sorts of drugs. You, you nailed it so hard. That's why. And Research. I'm from Ritzcrest, and I got that shit in my family, so I was like, that's how you play crack, you know? I always thought Holly Berry was over the top, but like, you're... I thought she was incredible. And she's in not. In Jungle Fever? Yeah. Where she's a crackhead, That's where she's right? a crackhead, yeah. 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 I didn't well, grow... Sam Jackson was, he should have won an Oscar yeah, for that. Yeah, I didn't grow up with that kind of crack. Me and Moses skipped the 80s, so I grew up with like the, the meth, the functioning. Yeah. Um, right. And that's why that hit close. The cleaning the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's meth, though. Yeah. 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 That's not crack. Well, not crack. What yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, crack will make you like lose your family. You know what I mean? Meth will make you like take apart like your baby's easy bake oven. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. My best friend from high school, Carrie, went to Howard hey. at the height of crack. Because oh, we wow. were, we're from, well, <laughs> let's see, 89. Historical <laughs> 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 by college, height of crack. Well, yeah. not that Howard was, but she got a house. She and her boyfriend, Jerry, got a house, a little house. And, uh, this is very cold, but I remember she would be like, I love crack because you can get your whole yard like mode for a dollar. Wow. See? The benefits of crack. It's a better I know, drug but than meth, I think. I mean, I think she knew she was being very dark, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crack. You well, were dark. Yeah, no. Well, well, we, not yeah. good. Well, Sarah Silverman, if, if nobody's ever seen or heard of comedy, uh, she's a legend. Uh, she's She was a writer on SNL, she was a player on SNL. Countless movies, had her own television show, The Sarah Silverman Program on Comedy Central, uh, numerous hour specials, Jesus is Magic. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
and then a couple others I forget. Roast, uh, roast Battle Season 2 Judge. Roast Battle Season 1 and 2 Judge. <laughs> oh, and Season yeah. 1, yeah. yeah. Both of you guys yeah. back. That's the top of my... Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, what, what about the... I just saw... A, a she roasted... Uh, who'd you roast on Comedy Central? Is it Roseanne? Huh, no. Half. 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 You have? Ah. And uh, a few others. I don't remember. James Franco? What about... James Franco, you have a yeah. show in production right now? Yes. I love America. I just, I just seen it. We're the naked people in episode one, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Code T. Stop, don't. Um, we go back uh, to work next week. Oh, really? It's always great to get around. Yeah, so that's why we, we <laughs> bust yes, it Yes, thanks crazy. for bringing it up. I love you, America. Yes, on Hulu. This is why we're here. What, what what is the show about? I'm not as familiar with it as Coach T. He I don't know. I don't know about password. the naked people. I really don't have Hulu. It is. Um, first of all, Hulu is just an app, just like Netflix, <laughs> ninety nine cents or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh. How would I I describe it as like Mister Rogers for adults? Okay. And um, it's you know it's like it. it ta- we talk about the symptoms of kind of where we. How we are, where we are at, and I like that. talk symptoms. about yeah. I would say the monologues are more about like the symptoms of how we, the difference between nationalism and patriotism. The, mm. the you know, even just like talking about, um, he just wants attention. Don't give it to him, and how heartbreaking that is. Like this, the kind of lack of empathy and, um, mm. and the the. Um, praise of money at any cost no matter how you got it as winning or as success you know there's a country called bhutan and they measure success by gross national happiness really how is that possible and it's so rad well it's like one of the highest ranking um ones uh, countries of gross national happiness is uh, tanzania Okay. Really? Yeah, and it's a very poor country, but yeah. people aren't want for anything. They're not starving. They have water. They they have what they need, and they are very um, happy. Okay, so I just one question because I I haven't. I but want... it's a comedy, and we say stuff like pussy lips. Yeah. I was gonna say well, Tanzia. <laughs> I, I didn't get past um, episode one, but uh, I got a feel that even though I, I think that you align very liberal, I didn't feel like I was getting beat over the head. I felt that you tried to entertain both sides. Is that Was that something you were conscious about? Yeah, well, the challenge of the show is is um, to do these, like I do these field pieces where I, you know, like in that episode, I had family dinner with a, a family of Trump voters from Chalmette, Louisiana. I went there and uh, they had never met a Jew. They they Googled Jew. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you're face-to-face with people that are different than you, people that you probably maybe online would have, you know, say nasty things to, it's different. You know, I we walked away loving each other. And, and once we were, once we got to know each other, we were making dinner, we were laughing, we were talking about the mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't matter, that is the stuff that matters, kind of. <laughs> okay. um, then when she said Obama is not from America, I could go Brandy, you know, and like there's no love lost. They, it wasn't about judging them, and and where other shows, and and I love these other shows, you know, that are, um, you know, the Daily Show is a is great, but yeah. when they do field pieces, they know 
the script. They know what the answers are going to be. And if they don't get those answers, they get them somehow and they edit it together to be. And ultimately, there's a truth within it. But it's... Uh, uh, I hate using this word because it's a Sarah Palin originated word, I think, but it's like gotcha stuff. It's yeah, and, gotcha and, journalism. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want that. I don't want the comedy yeah, coming from we're smart and they're dumb and we're right and they're wrong because that's what's wrong with liberals, Uh-oh. in my opinion. Uh-oh. You know, listen, that shit. I'm as liberal as they come. <laughs> I'm as left-wing, bleeding hard as they come, but I... I am so tired of people within my own kind of ideology just pointing at the right and and really being able to see everything wrong with the right uh-huh. and never occurring to them to look inward and figure out what's fucked up with ourselves. Ooh. And um, until that can happen, you know, really nothing is going to um, get better. I think I might get my Peabody. <laughs> We've been trying to get a Peabody for about two years now. And then every time I every time I counter liberals, I get a lot of heat for it. But that's exactly what I feel. Well, it it's interesting that, that you love Adam Carolla's podcast because he, he I is... I love it. I, I mean, I love it because he, he takes accountability. I don't think there's happiness without accountability. I don't think people kind of understand that. I think people, that's a key word. Yeah, you just can't be happy until you start owning certain elements. Well, I would say he's right more right-wing than left-wing. Absolutely more right, but I think he's a little bit more focused on just like the hard work about what you can control. Like, hey, my mom was this, that, and the other, but these are the things that I did to kind of overcome that. And with my background, I kind of connect to that. So, Blue collar. But you yeah. don't see any white privilege in the way he talks. And I'm asking uh, you, I'm not, that's not a leading question. I always feel like there's two conversations. I always feel like there's a conversation I need to have with the black and then the conversation I need to have with the white. And then when I have them, when everyone's listening, it gets funky. So like if I'm talking to a black guy, you need to move differently. But if I'm talking to a white guy, you need to understand that you don't have to move differently. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's so hard to have that publicly. Right. So it's like, I, so it's like, I wouldn't like to validate some of the stuff that, how, how about this? The wrong people connect to Adam. And, and sometimes they'll be mm. like, oh, he's talking about what I'm talking yeah. about. But right. I'm like, no, you're missing the part right. where he's taking accountability for his life. That's interesting. Yeah. That's that's um, in comedy what they call mouthful of blood laughs when, you know, especially Ooh. my first special. I had so much race stuff and and there were you can't control Who who's laughing yeah. at what yeah. and how yeah. they read it. That's really hard because I feel like there should be two conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if I was like, this is going to switch to sexism. Stu- I mean, that was stuff. the whole Chappelle. Why Chappelle left. Yeah. Yeah. So they say. So like if my sister got in like some trouble, right? I would like as a loving brother, I'd be like, why were you alone at night? And what was going on? But that doesn't mean I'm accusing her for setting herself up to be assaulted. But if I was going to have the same conversation with the assaulters, I wouldn't be like, well, my sister was alone at night. I'd be like, you're an idiot. So it's like it's so hard to to have those two conversations because everyone's listening, but I don't think everyone should be listening to everyone. Well, point. that's brilliantly put. Right. You're not, you can't in public or, or like you can't, it's not yeah. that you believe, well, what were you wearing? Why yeah, were you ridiculous. out? Right. But also you understand the world that we're living in right in this moment, yeah. not the idealized one that we hope to live in uh, yeah, at another yeah, yeah. time. And then you just love these people and you're trying to, you're trying to ha- have solutions for them. I'm like, well, what do you do if you really care about a person and you see them doing things that might jeopardize them? I mean, the conversation, there have been videos that I've seen, because that's how I have to see it, (laughs) of conversations of, you know, black parents talking to their kids about getting stopped by the police or how to deal with police or how to, you know, talk to teachers or whatever. And it's fucking... 
Yeah, it's conversation that's past not having. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not gonna be having with his son. But don't you? I do think I am grateful to social media for. I, I never really understood. Well, I didn't even know the words white privilege or liberal bubble until I did. Uh And then I didn't understand them until through social media. You know, like, I I mean, it's not, I didn't reject them. I just didn't really get it until I was able to see, oh, unarmed black people get murdered by cops on the regular. It's not an epidemic. It's something that's always been. And I'm just aware of it now because of social media. It's true. I mean, if people weren't, if they didn't have their cell phones filming all this stuff... All you would have to cite are statistics, and people can skew statistics in any way that they want. Exactly. Like you could talk to a white person who could show you statistics that prove that more whites are getting killed exactly. by cops, right? But there's there's literally, there's considerably less blacks, right? But they yeah. don't have to include the the ratios in there, right? You know. But when it's it's on film, it's just really powerful. Uh, but I think it's safe to say like you're like a a entertainer of the generation, right? Like you're on some Mount Rushmore, right? Do you feel like that? <laughs> I mean. You know, I don't think I, I, people feel like that. Because you don't like, feel I'm, like that? No, I, I... Do you realize that? I'm in that I'm older no. and I am great. I mean accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I mean accomplished But like, you know, we all, when you'd say that to us, whoever us, you know, yeah. you, you, you great. Yeah. Us <laughs> greats. Like we feel in the middle of it. Like Got we, it. you know, it's like... I remember whenever I'd like when people would say to Joan Rivers, like, you're a legend. She'd be like, fuck you, because she just felt like she was only just hitting her stride. You know, like you don't want to feel like your best years are behind you. But and I, you know, with this new show is to me the best and my last special, I feel like are the is the best work I've done. But also, I'm an older woman who likes the stuff I'm into now. Right, right, right. Like, like, you know know what you like. Yeah, got you. Got you. You, so you don't feel like uh no like I'm a great Hall of famer like you know first round ballot yeah I'm great oh first there ballot Hall of Fame easy I mean what yeah, easy, I, I think right? that's what I'm saying though yeah comedian yeah. Hall of Fame if you if you hung him up tomorrow first ballot comes out you're getting in you're you're in the Hall of Fame I I don't know I okay. all, one to, would not care you're in from New Hampshire um are your are your parents both Jewish yeah. How'd they meet? They met... Mm, my mom was at Tufts. My dad was at UNH or, or um, Connecticut College. And where did your dad grow up? Like, where does where he come from? Boston. Boston, okay. Whoa. Born in Boston, moved to New Hampshire. Now, is he like first generation, second generation? They're both New Englanders. Okay. Um, Are there roots there? Totally. I just did my like finding your roots and my my grandparents, all, f- all three out of four of them were born in America. My yeah. grandparents. Okay. So you're from so here. Okay. Yeah. And then they're just all Russian peddlers. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah. that's the mother one. Yeah, yeah. Totally boring. They kill everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know about that. But what I meant was not necessarily a solution, but like what what is frustrating you about the state? Of our country, I guess. So many things that it's it's so mind-boggling. It makes me really need to check out often. Really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, we have a major problem with racism. Mm-hmm. We have a... Is it, is it a major problem? Is it stopping us from 
I mean, I'm not walking down the street seeing, you know, uh, whites only drinking here so much as like I, I am black. No. <laughs> and I, I, I mean like yes racism it exists but it's also like it's livable you're right it's better than 1960 and yeah. earlier yes but I, I'm not saying not like it doesn't need to get better close. I'm just saying like I don't think it's 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 not the biggest problem we have right now. I mean, like, there's there are there's poor people everywhere. You know what I mean? I mean, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, homelessness, poor yeah. people. The the, I mean, the truth is, is the right wing agenda, and I don't. I'm not talking about he, he, citizens who are Republicans that mm-hmm. yeah. are actually not so different from the right and the left. They yeah, yeah. think each other is each other. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the. Wealth addicted mm-hmm. leaders in our administration yeah. who are as much as crack addiction are so addicted to wealth, they will, they will go, they will uh, attain it at any cost uh, on the backs of an entire country's health, education, Prison mental system. health, and well being. As yeah. a matter of fact, they're they work best with an uneducated, unhealthy right. country that mm. behooves them. So, and, and, but at the main, and then they're turning around and telling the people that believe what they say. I mean, it's heartbreaking because uh-huh. the people who should be most upset with them are having their backs because they believe them. And what they're saying to them is, fuck these motherfuckers. They're lying to you. Only get your news from me. Mm. Um, and uh, we, we're trying to keep big government out of your backyard, and it should be small government unless it has a vagina, and then it should be big government, and we're going <laughs> to outlaw. I mean, what they're doing on the down low in terms of abortion is so far beyond the 70s. It's so scary. I mean, there's an entire state now where you can't get an abortion past six weeks. Most women don't know they're pregnant by them. Yeah. yeah. This is major shit. And it's also been proven that when abortion has not been legal. Repressed. It's It's been, one, very dangerous for women and also... There have been a generation of unwanted kids come from that, and that's the that's the Moses trainer, that's Team Moses. What the unwanted kids part? Yeah, I, I can't get behind that. Listen, I, I think that's, unwanted that's, kid there part. Are, yeah, because I, I hate that. That's why you have to. That's why they have to have the millions, options. Millions, millions, and millions, and millions, and millions of kids in in foster care and in uh-huh. orphanages who age out because the foster care system is so fucked up yeah. and cares more about the system than the actual children and yeah, the, yeah. The, t- the time that is being wasted while yeah. they age out. And, um, always, and the people aren't adopt. I mean, listen, I'm for adoption, but I also believe that a woman is in char- should be- make the choices for her own human body. If you guys were the ones getting pregnant, it would not even be a question. Yep. It would not be an issue. It's this big. You're going to tell me what I can fucking do with my body? Man, it's crazy. This is the passion. I'm excited. Well, it's just, it's, it's, what, if, if you feel racism, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't, is, that's Moses. I don't feel racism. Neither do I. <laughs> no, me. I don't see it. I, I don't see him. I don't see those haters. But, uh, uh-huh. but, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Like, I'm, I'm, we literally just there had this conversation last week. who have to. Find a babysitter, yeah. get a day off, and drive 10 hours to get 
proper women's health care that's affordable uh, because of this administration. Yeah. I I work with, uh, with at-risk youth. I work with that population. They're all colored. There's literally two white kids on the whole campus. And based on my background, I'm like, dude, where's the family at? So it's hard for me right. to get to anything before we get to the family. Because I think when you get to the family, I always feel like an abortion is like, what? That's like, that to me is like, what? That's like, how you get an abortion? That You got condoms, you got this, you got that, da, 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 da. So I'm like. It's like it's an just, education too, though. It's yeah, well, my, an education. But my thing is like, if you. If you There's come, an entire religion telling you not to use birth control. Mm. Those yeah. guys, those Catholicism. But no, but what I'm saying is, if you. It, get them, Sarah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we talk about this all the time. We talk about this all the time. But my thing is like, I just feel like there's an attack on the family. When you're talking about foster care, I believe it's an attack on the family and I think it's happening more so in the black community and that's why that community is spiraling out of fucking control. What do you mean the attack? From who, by who, to uh, who? I just think there is a promotion of making sure that Starting with the black community, making sure that a man and a woman are list two sources of income are not supporting a child. I think it started with the Civil Rights Act when they said, hey, we're going to give we're going to let black people in. We're going to give them uh, we're going to give them financial aid. But the man can't be in the home. And I think it's just we've been split ever since there. The, the Housing Act of 63. Right. And I'm just like, man, you need two incomes. I'm like, so what we don't understand is like the government actually promoted this single mother thing. And I, I'm for a single mom. If you got fucked over. But it's almost to the point where it's like the single mom is almost a badge. And I'm like, look at the ripple on the community because we've just gotten away from family. You can't get government assistance they if, didn't there's switch a two, if there are two uh, They didn't switch. You couldn't. you couldn't. Until, like, until about 93 or something yeah. like that. So from 63 to like 93. So when I grew up, it was like, hey, if the people come in here and they say those are your clothes, say those are yours. There's not, that's not your stepdad's clothes. Right. You can't be a man in the house. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's and crazy. I'm glad it changed in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, guess, I guess my thing, my solution is always like all the kids that are locked up where I'm at, they just had too much supervision. And I'm just like, when you have, a, when you have proper supervision... There's just we're not having these issues, and if you too, have, they have too much. I'm sorry, too much lack of supervision. Oh, oh. So they're like mom. Oh, like, yeah, my bad. So mom disappears for 18 hours, and right. dad's nowhere to be found. It's like, what does a 12 year old Latino or black kid do for 12 hours? Like they, join a gang. Exactly. It's all. It's all Obviously. So I'm always been like pro to. Two incomes, because when you have two incomes, I think you have more flexibility and you have more supervision. But you also have two parents. I mean. That's the other thing is that we live in a country where minimum wage, a full time job at minimum wage does not afford you a living wage. Not yeah. for a child, no. Not, 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 yeah, true. not if you have a child. Yeah, if it's just me, I can maybe make, I can swing it, but not if I have to get diapers maybe. and more food. Depends on what city you live in. You, you, can't, you can't support, no, it's I mean. It's Walmart. Yeah, it's wild out here. <laughs> Walmart owned by, is there is Walmart or Walgreens that the Waltons own? Walmart. Walmart. Walmart is owned by the richest family in the whole world. They're in the uh -huh. like the top five richest family in the whole world. Yep. They pay mm -hmm. such garbage to their employees that when they they tell their employees how to get financial government assistance <laughs> instead of paying them the living wage, the what what the minimum wage should be should be a living wage, and right. it isn't. It hasn't as everything else goes up in price, that hasn't. And that is totally fucked and responsible for so much of the downfall of what's happening, of, of crime, of, of kids capitalism. at home without parents, what, of people working capitalism? three jobs. Dad, keeping your money. 
and not, and not telling people how to get it. It's that, crazy when I hear about people's babysitters and they're like 12, you know, or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. I was home alone at seven. That has to have some sort of effect. Well, I love TV. Plus years later. Right. Yeah, TV red. <laughs> TV and blankets. TV will raise you. But I mean, but you're sweating like that's like you're, you're so afraid. But that's that a two parent income. One parent income, you don't even get TV. I just think there's there's less flexibility as far as like who's picking up so and so. Right. No, and the, who's the kids have to fend for themselves. Right. Yeah. More or less. I got babysat uh, for a while. I, w- I came home and I was alone. And there's a time I got babysat by nuns. Mm-hmm. I went to like a nun place. They were mean. They totally hit you. It was disgusting. <laughs> and. Um, but yeah, my dad worked and my mom went back to college because they got divorced, and that's when she graduated. My sister just oh, wow, that's your mom to the right. Wait, with, yeah. the, with the cheekbones and the black and white. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, okay. Oh, she's a very, uh, very good-looking mom there. Yeah. Very cute. It's very exciting. Yeah, she graduated. But those Morgan Murphy. <laughs> What's going on right here? That's my parents' uh, wedding picture. Whoa, your mom's yeah. a straight up babe. I mean, yeah, no disrespect, beautiful. but <laughs> there's no more mystery to beauty, sir. Aww, so, I know they're good looking. Yeah, dad looks like a like a like a death of a salesman character. Yeah, Mr. Draper. Yeah, like a death of a salesman character. Yeah, is he death of a salesman? Right, To play, he feels like yeah. It's like he was like you know going door to door selling vacuums. Yeah, he was a yeah, salesman. That. He was, was a salesman. Nailed it. Crazy Sophie's factory outlet. Crazy, crazy Sophie's. Sophie's. She had to make a crazy choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Pat's here. What, what, what did what did Crazy Sophie sell? Discount women's clothing. Oh, always a feminist. I have his commercials. Household. When I see the prices at the mall, I just want to vomit. This is Crazy Donald. Crazy Sophie. Husband. Crazy Sophie was just made up. Okay. <laughs> when I see the prices at the mall, I just want to vomit. So spend your time at the mall, spend your money at Crazy Sophie's when you care enough to buy the very best, but you're too cheap. Come to Crazy Sophie's. <laughs> Is that what you're throwing He said vomit on air? I mean, that's crazy. That was, he did his that's own racing. radio ads. You honestly couldn't understand a single thing he said. His, his <laughs> Boston accent so like. Oh, oh that's so funny. Crazy oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He, I think I have on, I mean... Oh, the archives. Uh, but I think the one I have is like he's fake crying because they're, it's a going out of business sale. Hold on, I'll look for it. We can cut this out. <laughs> crazy like so. It, right? Got too crazy. And so, it's and so your dad was the one who did these? Yeah, he's Crazy Donald. Crazy Don, Don Draper. Schleppy. All right. Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet is going out of business. You heard it right. Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet is going out of business. And you save big time. Take an additional 25% off the lowest price of the ticket on everything you buy. Savings to 80%. Can you believe savings to 80%? Hurry, hurry, hurry. Well, there's still a great selection of men, women, and children's clothing. Because when it's gone, it's gone. Going out of business sale is now in progress. The brand you love, Polyflint, is joining. Cherokee, Oshkosh, Bob, Oshkosh, Pacific, the quality you've come to expect. Clothing for the whole family now and going out of business prices. Yes, crazy. So we spend all our closing the stores forever. <laughs> so you say big now. Take an additional 25% off the lowest price of the ticket on everything you buy. Can you believe savings to 80%? Hurry for best selection. That's crazy. So we spend all across from Ames and beautiful downtown cooking. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, I think, chaps. 
Wow. Of course you're going out of business. You wow, spent all your money on a, a five-minute commercial. Three seconds. That, that must have been so... Well, I guess it was cheap back then. He sounds like wow. Ty Lue tonight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who tonight? Coach of the Cavs. <laughs> uh... That's really interesting. So, how would you describe your household? Was it like, is it like what we seen on Mad, Mad TV? Mad Men, Mad Men. Mad Men, Mad Men. No, I'm not from the 50s. I'm, what I'm saying. <laughs> not that much older I'm than you. I'm just looking at this picture, that's all. This picture is I wasn't there then. I, my mom was 30 when she had me. Oh. Responsible. Oh, wait, uh, so you're, you must have been like uh, coming up in the counterculture like era when everyone started kind of resisting what they saw. I grew up in the crime era in the 70s. Counterculture. Counterculture was like the 60s. The 70s was oh, like, it was, right, that was like right. the hangover. You know what I mean? So you're it was right. like, it was crime. There was Quaaludes. There was heroin. Uh, That's of. when, I mean like. Yeah, but we were in New Hampshire. Right. What did that look like though? I'm trying to figure out what that looked like. I know what Ridgecrest looked like and I know what. Yeah. Harlem. looked like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did like, New Hampshire look like? Like farm country. Family? Um, Lots of family? Like, huh? Lots of family? Well, I have, I have three sisters. No, I mean like family around you. But no, because like when my parents got divorced when I was almost seven, and then my sisters all went with my dad. Uh-huh. My sister Laura waited another, let's see if I was seven, 12. She waited like three years. She lived, I lived with Laura. And then uh, she, she went with my dad. Contract. Huh? <laughs> it's like she signed a free agent contract. She's like, I'm going to stay for three years. I'm so taking like, my talents to mom's house. In some, ways, in some ways, I had sisters around, and in some ways, I had I was alone. Yeah. But um, we didn't have, like, a lot of family. Got we it. didn't have, like, a lot of family around. Like, I was saying this the other day. Can I make a black, obser- black people Cousins? observation? Cousins? Absolutely. I feel like so many of the black people I know. Hey, have are close with their extended families like have like family reunions and mm-hmm. stuff oh yeah not That's, me but i understand that. Uh, yeah. there's always these t-shirts like the jeffersons and the, like, yes no like, uh, don't let them talk everybody knows <laughs> everybody knows the blanches in rich california but, and there's like 18 of you guys there's a lot of us over there but i didn't i never seen them I he just, never got t-shirts made right they never got you yeah they're just all in the football team i think We're that just was teammates i think that was <laughs> It's not like where your cousins are practically like siblings. That, you grow that, up with yeah, them and stuff. How, like I did not how, experience. Yeah, that's that. how my mom was. I wasn't like that because for whatever reason. But that's, that's so nice. That's more of a me thing. <laughs> that's a nice thing. That's one nice thing. Yeah. To, to have a bunch of family around. Yeah. I don't know. I think family's a hindrance, man. You I mean, just look, said you support the family. No, nah, but extended family is a hindrance, though. Looking at the Latino kids in the Latino community, mm-hmm. a lot of times their family come in and they're generations behind, and the and the kids can't make a choice without family approval. Right, and they end up making the shittiest right. choice. We had a kid a scholarship, and his and his parents were like, "No, don't go wrestle, go paint, make money now." And I was like, "This is right." <laughs> got you a fucking scholarship, and you don't have any papers. This never happens. Yeah, uh, Mijo, oh. Mijo's got to paint. Like that kind of shit is crazy to me. He had no papers, right. and he's still getting a scholarship. Yes, man, we flipped it at Fresno City College. Paul Kesaw. But uh, that that kind of shit happens all the time. It becomes a little a little rough. It's hard to progress. It is yeah. interesting too. Like well, Go paint. people and like uh, true story rappers. Is this true? <laughs> what am I about to say? You know more rappers than us. <laughs> well, just that it's like so often like um, <laughs> for instance family. in rap. Oh man, I'm only being bold and saying this because I'm surrounded by black people, and that's in two. That. 
two is surrounded, yeah, you're right? You're on your own <laughs> on this one. According to How the much is this surrounded? And <laughs> the Minotaur behind you. That's yeah. true. Um, that it's like sometimes they get famous and they have all these dependents, which yes. are like all their friends, cousins. Yes. Like that it. They it's have to make term. jobs. They've yeah. got to take care of. Yep, they have, yep, yep. It, And in that way, yeah, it's a lot of... It's it's like there's no choice about it. They're all coming, all so you it's expensive. Yeah, it could be. becomes uh, everybody's putting their income in. Yeah, for the most part, or just their opinions. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm a solo writer, but I think the family should nurture the child, and then the child should disappear and go be productive. Yeah, I think that's a good. That's a good. That's even, a dream model. Even if like like yeah like yeah. I don't want to say victim of divorce, but I mean, like you participate. I don't know what the term you're a divorce kid, child of divorce, child of divorce. That's what I was looking for. But still, at some point you had to exhibit. I don't know. You still got the two examples. You know what I mean? Like you still got two functioning people. Like this is a picture of mom. I just heard pop screaming over some shit. He owns something. Yeah. I mean, you still had like two examples, whether they be good or not. A lot of times the examples can at least motivate you how not to be. I mean, I would say not that to in my formative years. Yeah. I had parent, married parents who hated each other's guts, uh-huh. who both were not their were were their worst selves. Okay. Wow. And then as I grew up, um, they both found their soulmates and and became their best selves. Oh, wow. And I got to see that. But I wish I had that in my formative years when yeah. I was being written on forever. You know what wow. I mean? But I don't hold that against them. They're human beings fucking trying to I, I can't believe what both of them overcame like they had really parallel lives in that like they my dad was the oldest of two brothers my mom was the oldest of two sisters and they were both brutally abused really? while their younger sibling was not touched and it's hard for that younger sibling too like you know I'm sure because they see they the guilt they must feel but like my mom and my dad were both brutally abused uh-huh. And it's crazy that they grew up not being abusive parents. Like I'm, I'm assuming by who? By the grandfather, grandmother, your grandmother. I'm sorry, your grandmother. My grandpa beat the sh- beat the shit out of my dad every day. Why was that? Was it his job? Well, you know, well, my grandma watched and let it happen. Yeah, because she's afraid of him, obviously too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, what, what was the reason, though? Was he an alcoholic? Because <laughs> my, my father was beat by his by his father, who was an alcoholic. So rage. So, rage. Just not al- No, not addicted. Pure rage. Pure rage. I just seen Did he hate his job? Did he hate his family? I mean, I, I would just He was just to... a fucking monster. And just... then my mom was beaten by her mom. Not even, I mean, she was abused. Right. What's that sh- What's that movie? I'm going to say Boy's Life with De Niro. Yeah. It's that kind of shit, huh? Where there was really like, what's going on? This is just uncomfortable as fuck. Mm. And, you're, and you're passing over so much negative energy that has to go somewhere. Yeah. Which to me, I'm like, I don't want to get too personal. I mean, we, we meet here and there, but I'm like, dude, you are on Mount Rushmore. But I could tell that there are some serious formative shit. And we like to use our podcast for people who are experiencing that and get to see how it could possibly turn out. You know what I mean? Right. Because it, 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 it tends to be a little inspiring. And that, to me, is, is nuts. Like, I don't know what that feels like. I got a black mom, and she's black and, and horrible, and she'd say the worst shit in the fucking world. <laughs> but, and then my dad, I don't know him. <laughs> so I'm So he's probably incredible. No. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but well, what they I'm saying, just met, actually. Yeah, it's literally. <gasps> like, literally went 15 years without even seeing him, and I, I paid for him to come to my wedding. And so I was just like, 
So this is what happens, right? Especially when you're black. You're sitting around going, well, fuck, look at the Silvermans. They got a fucking parent and they're white and it's all good. But I'm like, no, nigga, it's not all good. Like, it's not always all good just because they have elements of society that you don't have. And so it's like, let people in on that because a lot of times us comparing ourselves is what drives us to be uncomfortable. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes sometimes being from divorce is better than being from, you know. 100%. Yeah. But uh, yeah, until we see ourselves in each other and when we can see each other as not human, we can do terrible things. And when we can see ourselves in each other, that's when we can be our at our to be our best. Yeah. Was Pops, was he uh, was he had to be volatile. He wasn't like he couldn't have been as very sensitive man. I'm assuming my dad. Yeah. He had a lot of rage issues. Uh He never lifted a hand to us but he had a very violent temper in in the beginning and he's grown into a man by the time i was i'm the youngest the time i was a teenager he became who he is now which is the loveliest happiest most laid-back easygoing will come out and like do er shitty errands with us and then be like Am I the luckiest dad in the world? Like, I can't even believe how lucky I am. What do you think prompted that process in him? That's yeah, a lot of growth. That's a lot of growth. I wonder what, what happened. It was, a, <laughs> it was. Like, it was crazy. I mean, I think it's a combination of medication, okay. needed medication, and reflection. And I mean, he's like a combination. He's like a... He's like not the brightest in some ways. And then he's like brilliant in the most uh-huh. important ways. Like he's heart smart. And he's also just like politically, I completely, I, when I get him talking about politics, I mean, I tend to agree completely with him. He's, wow. he's, and he's so right wing. No. <laughs> Every day it's a different t-shirt. Black Lives Matter. Love is love. Your dad? This is what a feminist looks like. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's so cool. And uh-huh. mom, are, would you say you have, you're closer with mom or? Dead. Oh, she passed when she passed? Two years ago. Oh, wow. This is recent. I mean, yeah. Um, I was kind of closer with my dad in the end, but it was more because like my mom just... She had a bunch of strokes and like was just not her. She was a different Got it. person, you know, but in a way I was closer with my mom growing up because even though she, we fought all the time and she drove me crazy, but like, you know, she's my mom. That's you your know? boo. That's the big home. Yeah. That's that was like homie. my home. And that's the one that you spent most of the time with growing up after the divorce, right? Oh, good for you. Yeah. Oh. You also talk about uh, uh, depression, right? Mm-hmm. You've talked openly. <laughs> I feel like that's so boring compared to like I want to have like a million. No, no we're gonna get into it. Yeah, but we're gonna because it, it ties yeah. into the family thing. It's uh, like, do you think that you think you felt depression from the divorce because you were so alone? You were talking about. I really don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's chemical. I think it's also circumstantial. I think it's just like the way it hit me um, when I was like thirteen. It felt like you know how like. I know this is how I always say it, but you know how like you won't have the flu and then you have the flu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it happens in like three seconds and you're like, oh my God, I have the flu. Yep. It happened that fast. It felt like like the as fast as like the a cloud will like cover the whole sun. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I just saw the whole world differently and I just kept thinking how I was just always going to be alone. No, Even if I'm with people, 
I'm alone behind my eyes. I'm by myself, you know, and I just got like I was such a social kid. And then I just didn't even see any point in ever being with friends. I wanted to just be alone all the time. I didn't want to go to school. I just I was suddenly, you know, if you change your perspective one degree, the whole world looks different and way different. And that's a beautiful thing, but it can also be a into the darkness Absolutely. thing. And that's what it was. And it lasted about three years. What? Anything changed? Like, where there's a move, the new kid in school? Like, anything changed? Did it, like, you, that when you went to high school? Like, what did the environment look like? It was the end of eighth grade. We went on an eighth grade camping trip. I was a bedwetter. I had, like, diapers really? hidden in my, in my, um, not my sleeping bag it's just that the whole thing's humiliating i had a lot of stuff going on at home my sister was sick and like you know my mom would get lonely i lived with my mom and she'd be like what am i gonna do when you're gone you know like it just was like a lot of pressure and like that's a lot of pressure um what do you what do you mean your sister is sick are we talking physically my one of my sisters was going through an eating disorder, Whoa. you know, like, and, and she was in the hospital. So everybody's everybody was going through it. Yeah, uh, so it sounded like and addiction and stuff, and like it just was. I don't know. I I don't know. It felt like it felt chemical. Because, you know, it's like have yeah. you ever had a panic attack where it's just like a full body, out of body experience? You know. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what it feels like to be like, I'm I'm good here. Like, like you wish you were in a hospital where you couldn't have any say over what was happening next. Like you're just like in a coma or something, you know, which five right. that happened yeah, to me two years ago. But but like. Um, so this time it seemed like there was a lot of negative energy that you just didn't even have a solution for and yeah, no control to even really handle it. it. Yeah. 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 I would be like. I would be cowering, too. Like, I don't I mean, that's I wouldn't say nuts, but that's completely understandable. Yeah, and then you know, back then they, uh, my parents took me to doctors and stuff that just kept putting me on more drugs, more drugs, until I was taking. <laughs> you won't even believe this is true. Okay. Sixteen Xanax a day. That's I was thirteen. Jesus, you were four really Xanax four times a day. I mean, this doctor should be in prison. Absolutely. Yeah. For a 13-year-old child? Dr. Little Pump. And my parents, yeah, my parents <laughs> didn't know better because you just would say, well, doctors know best. Exactly. Right. And I remember right. thinking, this doesn't feel right. And I kept all the bottles in a shoebox. I was just like, if I die or something, someone will find this. And like, I just knew Whoa. it wasn't right. And I just was a zombie, and I didn't feel better at all. Whoa. And then I finally went to another psychiatrist like two years later into it and he could not believe I was on that much medication. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. I can't believe die. it. Yeah. That's I so much money it. too. You could have opened crazy Sarah Xanax. And And this guy got me off a half a pill a week less at a time because if you just go off, yeah. you die, you know? So, and then I remember being at the water fountain which we called a bubbler, and I have since learned is a New Hampshire exclusive or New England exclusive thing. Taking that last half. Is the bubbler? Bubbler is water fountain oh. in New England. The white bubblers only? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's where she's at. <laughs> so I'm at the white bubbler. They wouldn't let us drink from the black bubblers. That's how we looked at it. All right. Sorry, it's not funny. Not even oh, funny. Like this could be uh, taken out of context. Know, even in context, it's heinous. No, reverse racism. I know what she's talking about. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Why also isn't there a white person racism. parade? Just racism. It's about time somebody spoke up for our people. It's all racist. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's very insightful. So now I'm like, the more you talk about that, and you you briefly touched on addiction. Now I'm like, because when I first saw that movie, I was like, "What the hell is Sarah doing this movie?" And I was like, I didn't like understand because I don't know you on that level. But now I'm like, whoa! But I didn't know much about it. I learned a lot about addiction more from being a comic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've lost so wow. many friends. But, but what know? I what I would say, what got me locked in on that movie was a person who couldn't stop destroying themselves and i was like you played it in a way that i was like this felt real either it was you or you saw it you know what i mean and it, or you just could be a hell of an actress and congratulations you are <laughs> but, but being from where i'm from and knowing a handful of people like that personally i, I like i couldn't turn this shit off oh like, yeah i mean i, I like, dated a guy who is now dead and whoa the um i remember after it was over and I went to see him, he was full on smoking crack right in front of me. And I watched him smoke crack and I watched him look for his crack pipe for the next two hours, like in places, in rooms we weren't even in, like just like an insane person. And it was so scary. Wow. And, uh, but the, with the, that movie, the thing that was most exciting, not most exciting, but the thing that's most interesting to me with addiction, and I can understand it in other ways even like food or anything like that yeah. the high the concept of the high before the high which is like when you've made that decision you're gonna do get high exactly. and i and you're fucking exactly. you're already high because exactly. you know it's coming exactly. and that i've seen i've seen that and so i i understood it so well and to when somebody made it articulated it as that the high mm -hmm. before the high i was like whoa yeah, yeah that, that's really exciting because I think I mean I I am a I'm a pothead, but I'm saying like I don't get excited before the high. I'm just like oh I gotta grind this weed and I gotta fucking light the lighter and I gotta inhale. Like I, I can't just be high already. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 the high before the high, I'd rather just be there already. No, I well, I don't think we. Well, yeah. The chase. Yeah. yeah. The chase. Yeah. Man, but yeah, the reason I bring up the, that because it's. Like Sarah was at least diagnosed and she got help. You think about all those kids who, you know, suffer from all those broken homes who are just walking around depression. You know what I mean? You're talking about a bunch of just like gangster ass niggas who are just depressed and they're just, not, just undiagnosed. And you work with those kind of kids. So I want to get into that. Yeah, they're the most, um, the most emotionally damaged people I've ever seen in my life. Because when you look at like, let's say the Snoop Dogg video, right? He just looks thugged out. You look at menaces. These are cold-blooded killers. But these are the softest people in the whole entire world. And they're just so emotionally right. uh, powerless, as it would be the term that I would say. They just, everything is spinning out of control, which is why I don't know good gangsters from good families. It just, it doesn't happen. And I don't want to say that they're bad people. They just, they just made a series of poor choices. And now the kid feels that. You know what I mean? When your parents are spinning, you spin. And so that's why I'm always like, you can't have the kid without making sure that he, you don't spin or you don't spin in front of them. It's or something so like true. That. It's like people have to understand they are responsible for their own happiness, and that that's Ooh. a real that's a real responsibility. Because until 
you are happy until you can love yourself and accept yourself, you can't give that to others. You know, it's like what RuPaul says at the end of every show is if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? And it is just 100% true, you know? That's very interesting. Yeah. You hear that? Bloods and Crips? They're, they're those big guys. listeners. <laughs> those love guys. Wait, Cluds and Brips. Yeah. <laughs> like you gotta get, you gotta get inside here. Yeah. <laughs> you dis, yeah, you diss somebody. Uh, so would, would there be a, uh, I guess, a great awakening? Or would there just be a slow rise out of the fog, would you say? From 13 to the Mount Rushmore. That last... Oh, um... It was, well, I I got over that and really kind of blossomed and uh, I got a small scholarship to NYU. I moved to New York when I was 18. I went to NYU for one year Uh and I was working 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. at Boston Comedy Club on 3rd Street in New York. And passing out flyers and um, barking. barking. And uh, and then I started passing at clubs and doing stand-up. I, I took a year off from college. And then before I went back, my dad said, if you don't go back to college, I'll pay your rent the next, like, three years, like, so- as if it were your sophomore, junior, senior year. Yeah. And that's a lot cheaper for him. And oh. uh, he's like, I just don't think you need college for what you're doing. And it was true. And the truth is, wow, so that's the smartest thing. Smartest I've ever heard. I mean, that's life. insane. I, I hear guys like talk about that now. Like if my kid, if I wish I would have done like a trade school or like just pay. That's, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the one thing I'm most excited about as a parent is to like not necessarily steer my son into the college direct because. I was, I was the, the first one in my family to go to a four. My parents paid for my college and I was like, Ooh. I don't know what I want to do. I hadn't discovered comedy yet. And I got a business degree that I have no use for. Well, Uber. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what I did. For you art, son uh, of a bitch. It's yeah, a good it. business. NYU, the thing that disgusted me and it was... It was all these rich kids who didn't even want to be at school. Right. Uh. And it made me so sick. Like, I loved my classes, you know? And I ended up stealing tons of classes from NYU after that because I just realized, like, I would go to big lectures of classes I wanted to go to, and I would just not pass in papers or anything. Uh And I... I got, I stole an education. I, I knew I didn't need a, a diploma or anything. Yeah. You know, and no teacher's going to say anything, you know? Interesting. And That's it was brilliant. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just snuck into lectures? Like after you stopped going? Yeah. There? That's wild. It's insane. College did the opposite for Coach. It was like, uh, I hated that shit. Coach was an, oh, you because know, I'll say this. Coach, you were, Coach was an awful student in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he gets to college and becomes like this savant. He's just, he just, he loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Did we that did. have anything to do with realizing, because this is, for me, it was like a click in high school, like in the last couple of years of high school, is like realizing critical thinking. Like not just spitting back stuff, but like taking it in and then having my own opinion and knowing that like that's, teachers like that. Yeah, uh... The first thing, this is going to sound stupid, but the first thing was the wardrobe. I was so poor, and I had to get creative five days a week. 
And then I go to college and the classes are only two days a week. So I could, or three days a week. So I didn't have to be so creative and it took so much energy because I could just stunt with the same outfit with two different groups of people. Yeah. Then the second thing was, wow. When I got, yeah, it changed it's my world. Truth. Changed my, that it changed is something my that never crossed my mind. Now that, changed my world. That is culturally very different because it's, I wore pajamas. Yeah. I wore what I slept in. I've been telling you about Atlanta. It's an episode in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So there it's, was, it's a real thing. Yeah, so there was that then I didn't have to wake up so early that changed the world classes at 10 a.m. and then when I found people who literally valued me before I showed them to value me changed my entire perspective when you're in co- when you're in high school everyone's like you just better be good because you should be good but when you're in college they're like do you know what you could be well what do you mean when I could be you're a fucking wrestler okay 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 changed my life changed my life I never had someone say that I was like oh you just go hard at that point yeah if yeah. I didn't, yeah. If I, yeah. Tyrell became a teacher. He was a he was a great teacher, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. awards, all kinds of things. And then it was like, yo, I don't. Reason he quits. Reason he quits teaching is because he learned the system. He's like, the system isn't designed to be a better teacher. Exactly. I have to get right. out of here. Yeah. If you can't change the system, you go against it. But uh, and that's why we're podcasting. But <laughs> God, it would be so great if you could help change the education system. I don't. He does. We don't know how. This is why. This is why I say you need to take. You need if you have a child, you need to hold that child like like Levar Ball. It. That's why I like Levar Ball. Depending (laughs) on the community, depending on your your politicians, (laughs) to raise your kids is is your 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 good luck. Good luck because they. I don't know if they care about you. But the marketing element, the like Uh, the Levar Ball. I get that part. I just. It's nice to finally have a Levar Ball (laughs) ally on this podcast. Someone who's on my side. I, I'm just yeah. like if you he have a clown. Him. Listen, if you have if you, you have the son put him in UCLA, you cannot hate that man. I'm not gonna go through this again. The guy's a fucking clown. <laughs> He's a momager, right? A momager. He totally is. He totally is. I'll give him that, but yeah. the idea like he had such a plan, like to the point where like I need a tall wife and we need to live here and he yeah. were gonna do this. And I'm like, that level of instruction minimizes how many mistakes you can get into. And you got you got a backup plan and a backup plan for a backup plan. And I'm like, oh, I'm a big fan of that. That's the only, that's my only solution for this country. I don't think there's gonna be some law. Every civil rights law, and we go about this all the time, every civil rights law that got passed did as much good as it did damage. And I'm like, you got to, at some point, you got to be like, if I don't take care of my house, no one will. Right. But I hate saying that because then, you know, some Republican would be like, see, see, the color says it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I understand why they did uh, uh, housing projects, right? Right. Hey, we had them in slaves. Throw them in a housing project. But they didn't think, but like, hey, you can't put a a bunch of poor people in 80 story buildings, they'll shoot each other. And then they'll sell crack. But oh, bring them down. (laughs) Like, like we can't do that. So that's why I'm always like, the solution has to come like in your family. You got to be like, yo, what's going on? But it's like for people, like, the, the thing that I liked about Bernie was yeah. it was, imp- you know, that he believes that people who don't have the same opportunities as you and me should have the same opportunities as you and me as right. I'm, I'm, yeah. The, the, when I first heard Bernie, it got me in a lot of fights because I went to uh, I used to teach at Clovis and Clovis is as conservative in California that you could ever find. Super conservative. And I was like, Bernie is very consistent. And I love exactly what he's saying because there's no reason. It doesn't help your country that there's really talented people that will never fully mature based on where they're born. 
Right. Basically, just being down the street from a school, like that doesn't help us. Like there's a there's an Elon Musk everywhere, but if he's born on this side of the tin or that side of the tin, we never see him. That's right. But as far as I don't know how to make that happen. As far hey, as that's too many people right now. I, I mean, that's a t- what law would that look like? I don't know. For people who value the structure of the Bible well, so much, make they sure don't abortion really... is legal. <laughs> make sure contraception is available. I I'm mean, all for that. Planned Parenthood. People forget it's called planned parenthood abortion is just one percentage of what they do but it's about getting health care in terms of reproductive health yeah and it's it is massively important that it is available to all women just want the option those give me the option oh you gotta get out of here man i don't i don't want to be rude you know, and in conclusion you seem really nice like you wouldn't kick us out so i want to make sure we're adamant about getting we had a nice time yeah, she's she's passive aggressive when she kicks out. Oh, really? She's like, oh, I I have to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely want to give you your time. Is it? <laughs> You're awesome. I don't even know how to wrap it up. It was... Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug? Just I love you, America, coming September sixth, and then every Thursday after that. Yeah. yeah. And watch the ones that are up now. There are ten episodes that Currently are more streaming. relevant now than they were absolutely the few months ago when they came out. Absolutely. There's a great one with a uh, reformed nationalist I think you'd like. Uh, absolutely. I like your approach. I don't like people who cheerlead. I like when you Thank try you. to understand. Well, I have been fundamentally changed from every interview I did on oh, my perfect. show, and I feel changed from this oh, podcast okay. today. You're amazing. Thank you. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Our hit rate is amazing. Uh, <laughs> anything to add, Pat? Anything you want to plug? Uh, Pat and Jeff like sports. <laughs> If, if if you're not into all this like life changing talk and important shit, is it on Hulu? Uh. <laughs> no, it's on the very easy to get iTunes. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what I was supposed to say there. iTunes. Yeah, yeah it's on. Yeah, on iTunes. Pat and all Jeff right. like sports. Let's yeah. get out of here. Thank, uh, you, so much thank you, Sarah. Best eyebrows in the game. Verbalbalance.tv. Unbelievably beautiful inside and out. This summer. Thanks, guys. It's a good show.